0: Yeah, there are a lot of familiar faces on this Buccaneers team compared to that 2020 team that beat the brakes off the Packers in the regular season and then ultimately prevented them from going to and potentially winning a Super Bowl. But this is a very different Tampa Bay team. Not just because, you know, that Tom Brady guy is not under center. James Yarko from Locked on Bucks joins me for a crossover Thursday to break down the biggest storylines, the matchups, and pick some winners. All of that. Let's go. You are Locked On Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Our crossover Thursday, Locked on Packers, Locked On Buccaneers. Let's dive in straight away. Let's go. Welcome inside another crossover edition. Locked on Packers, Locked on Bucks. I made the joke yesterday. Not, not those Bucks for Packer fans used to listening to Locked On Bucks. Bucks. This is Locked On Buccaneers. James Yarko from Locked On Buccaneers. And I'm, of course, Peter Bukowski from Locked On Packers. Today's crossover Thursday brought to you by Prize Picks. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. James, it is an old school NFC central battle, and it will it will bring the, the old school vibes back even more because it is going to be chilly. This is a December Packers Buccaneers game. Um, so think Warren Sapp, think Brad Johnson, think Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstott. Let's go. Um, the 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 old vibes are back, and these two teams both fighting for the playoffs right now, even if you know they're the records are not not the greatest things in the world here at six and seven. Both of these teams, though, still in the mix for their division. The Packers long shots for their division, the Bucks right right at the top. Uh, so uh, the the big storyline here is this is a monster, for me anyway, is that this is a monster NFC uh, playoff battle as you look at these two teams coming in. What do you have your eye on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a huge matchup, especially for the Buccaneers, because it goes a long way in securing that NFC South spot and uh, you know, winning the division for the third year in a row, making the playoffs for the fourth year in a row, because the Bucks still have two must-win divisional matchups coming up against the Panthers and the Saints. So they likely need a split between either the Packers uh, and the Jaguars. You, you need to go one and one in those two games. So if you if you can check off that box this week. It's going to go a really long way. They're already 1-0 against the Panthers. They're 1-0 against the Saints. But the Saints are part of that three-team tie in in the NFC South. And they get the Giants and the Rams. The Falcons get the Colts and the Bears. So the Bucs definitely have the toughest non-division schedule remaining. But this game in particular will weigh more heavily than the Jaguars game if it breaks down to conference Records, So the Bucks really, really need this win. That's not to say that they're out of it if the Packers go on to win. But you know, at, at this stage, they control their own destiny. And if they lose here, they're not out of it. But then all of a sudden you need help from the Giants, from the Bears. And, and that's not really teams you want to rely on to help you get anywhere.
0: Yeah, well, the the Giants looked pretty good on Monday, unfortunately for the Packers. Um that was that was a game that felt like it was right there for the Packers in their grasp and they just let it slip through their fingers and and I do wonder about that James because uh this late in the season, uh these teams are so focused it's been such a grind now for for really four plus months going back to the summer and sometimes these games just come down to who needs it more, who wants it more. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think the urgency for both of these teams is going to be really, really high. And so that's what makes this to me, even though neither of these teams, let's be honest, really true contenders in the NFC. But each team doesn't matter if you get into the dance. I think both of these teams, frankly, are talented enough to put scares in some of these top teams to win a round against some of these top teams, depending on how this all falls. I mean, I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be afraid of the Cowboys or the Eagles in, in a four or five matchup by any means. And, and I think that's going to be one of those fun things. Like whoever wins the NFC South is going to get this five seed. That's going to be one of those NFC East teams. And they're going to be a touchdown underdog, according to our friends at FanDuel, I'm I'm sure. And so they're there. They want to be feeling confident enough to say, well, we can beat those teams and it's cold. Now it's December, at least in, in Wisconsin, it's cold now. Uh, not, not, not that cold in Tampa probably, but Uh, that, that I think that urgency, as you mentioned, and I don't, I don't know how that plays out for these two teams, because as you mentioned, like everyone being in this, in this jumbled mix in the NFC South, it might give the bucks a little bit more cushion to say, well, we just got this huge win over the Falcons. We got these, these divisional matchups, the Panthers who stink, uh, the worst team in the league. Like we got a little bit more leeway, whereas green Bay is going, every game is a playoff game for, for them. That, that urgency might just be like five, ten percent higher for Green Bay, which means Tampa has to match that with intensity, with scheme, with other things.
1: Yeah, I mean that's something that Todd Bowles said after the game with Atlanta in the locker room was that every mm-hmm. week is a playoff week now, and and he was asked about the uncharacteristic show of emotion on the sideline because Todd Bowles is always very stoic, very yeah. uh, even keeled, and, and he was showing some emotion on the sideline as the the Falcons came back to take the lead. And he stressed, you know, every play is important, every game is a must-win at this point because every week is a playoff week for these Buccaneers. And and I think one of the worst things that could have happened to the Bucs was exactly what happened on Monday. And that was the Packers losing to the Giants. And for those watching on YouTube, you see the block eye behind me, Tommy DeVito, University of Illinois legend. Uh so I I am pulling for for DeVito just because I'm I'm a big Illinois guy. But now, the Packers, that it was it, was kind of a wake up call because they know that they're in the thick of it. They know they're in the hunt. This game is a much tougher game now than it was when we were talking about it in August and September. And and with the way that the season started out for Jordan Love, it was kind of a it, who is he? You know, it's yeah, there's flashes, but you know, are you really scared of him? And now all of a sudden the the Packers are making some noise and overcoming injury. So there's definitely going to be that sense of urgency and that sense of, you know, this is this could determine our ability to make the playoffs for the Buccaneers, but they are, like you said, they are coming off of a big emotional win and could be in for a little bit of a slower start, whereas the Packers kind of got smacked in the face and now they are
0: on high alert and and ready to roll. Yeah, and and both of these teams, you know, one of the things that that we haven't really brought up is this head-to-head tiebreaker could mean something. Oh, absolutely. And and, and even if the head-to-head doesn't mean something, maybe you're in a three- or four-way tie where conference record, mean something so getting these wins and losses for both of these teams this means a whole lot i think i think this is the really the first time with real real playoff implications that the packers have played in a game like this you, I, the bucks probably last week um it feels like uh, one of those games where like th- this is going to matter when it comes to playoff seating. the giants because you beat the chiefs because you beat the lions that felt like a little bit of gravy it gave them a little bit of and to your point maybe a little bit high on their own press clippings, a little bit feeling themselves. This is the youngest team in the league. Like maybe they felt a the type of way going to New York, Monday Night Football. Hey, we can just roll these guys over. And Tommy DeVito, Tommy Cutlets himself said, uh-uh-uh, by the way, Syracuse legend as well. Um, started at Syracuse, didn't work out there for whatever reason, injuries, and and some other things that were that were partially his control. Um, and then of course at Illinois, my my co-founder at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for your listeners to subscribe to, is a an illinois alum and so monday was really the tommy devito bowl for the two of us between syracuse and and illinois but these quarterbacks i think in a lot of ways uh, a, a mirrored in, in in their potential for the future and that, that's something i want to dig into when we talk about the matchups but baker mayfield like what was he going to be for this team how is he going to impact their ability to be a playoff team could he prove to be the franchise quarterback could he be the guy moving forward there are a lot of questions, and, and he's answered some of those. I think there are still some moving forward, and, and Jordan Love, much the same way, answered some of them lately. But then has a little bit of a stinker on Monday, and so you know he's he's got something to prove here down the stretch. Both of these teams do, which is is what makes this so much fun. We're going to dig into those matchups here in just a second on a Locked On Packers, Locked On Bucks crossover Thursday. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at BetterHelp. We can all get a little help being the best versions of ourselves. whether it's positive self-talk, whether it's just talking through problems that you're having, and, and the holiday seasons can bring out feelings that maybe you didn't even know you were feeling. Whether or not your family gives gifts during the holidays, you get to define how you give to yourself. So whether it's by starting therapy, going easier on yourself through these tough moments, or treating yourself to a day of complete rest. Remember to give yourself some love this holiday season, and you can do it with better help. It's entirely online therapy designed to give you flexible and suited to your schedule conversations with someone who can help. A licensed therapist. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash today to give yourself 10% off your first month. That's com slash locked on. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers and Locked On Bucks their first listen every day. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Go to Locked On Sports today. covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On. That's James, that's me. Plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, James, we are back here. Locked On Packers, Locked On Bucks. And the matchups for this one are going to be highly predicated on who can play. The Packers coming in extremely banged up. We don't know if, for example, Aaron Jones can go this week for Green Bay. Christian Watson, uh, and and we're recording this right now without injury reports, at least for the Packers, because they're probably not going to really practice all week. This is going to be an above-the-neck thing, so this might be a question that we take right till game time to understand who's going to play. Same thing for, for the Bucks. You know, Vita Vea, Devin White, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean dealing with these injuries, and that means other guys might have to step up. What is What is the current status with this team?
1: uh still uncertain on Vita Vea, Devin White Jamel Dean has been out for a couple of weeks now however I've said on on locked on bucks uh this week that you shouldn't lose your starting job due to injury but maybe Jamel Dean should even when he's healthy kind of hang out on the bench for a little bit because Zion McCollum has been playing some fantastic football yeah um you did get Levante David back last week. That was big. Servassier Dennis and KJ Brent have stepped in and played beautifully uh, in in Devin White's absence. But yeah, and then you still have Chris Godwin dealing with an injury. You have Baker still dealing with that ankle that he got rolled up on in Indianapolis. So yeah, I mean, plenty plenty of injuries to go around because it's December in the NFL and, and that's
0: just what happens. <laughs> uh, one thing I was looking at as I was digging through the numbers here I it sort of struck me how um perfectly average this team is in so many ways. Um, right in that like 13 to 18 range in basically every statistical category, offense and defense. And that's a little surprising to me because you look around at the talent on on the team and you go, I like a lot of these players. Anton Winfield Jr. is someone that I have I have really liked for a long time. I don't think the Packers were ever going to draft him, but he would have been a perfect fit um for for them. Uh they're just too small, they just don't and to draft guys that size, maybe they would sign him in free agency if the Buccaneers are stupid enough to let him go. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but the talent, like, there's a lot of names on this team from the one that beat the Packers in the NFC Championship game in 2021, the 2020 season, and that beat the brakes off them in that regular season game in 2020. So from that standpoint, it's like, okay, well, it's a lot of these familiar names, but it doesn't just doesn't look like the same version. And I know that part of that is Tom Brady, the part of that is these guys just don't quite look like the same versions of themselves to me.
1: Yeah, there's it's been a lot of ebbs and flows, right? You're you're dealing with uh, you know a first time offensive coordinator and play caller in Dave Canalis, and and he's kind of you see a lot of trial and error happening with him, and and some of it works and some of it blows up in his face. And <laughs> one of the things that that he has done is he has been super committed to the run game, and it was. The league's worst run game for most of the season. Now all of a sudden, three weeks in a row, the Buccaneers have have increased their most rushing yards on the season. Each and every week, Rashad White over a 100 yards two of the last three weeks. And you're starting to see some of it gel a little bit. Now you still have questions about Chris Godwin's usage because his targets seem to be down and and something else that I've talked about is, you know it seems like it's either a Mike Evans day or a Chris Godwin day. They're not utilizing both guys. In one game, and it's incredibly frustrating because Bucks fans know what happens when you utilize Evans and Godwin in the same game. You you put up big numbers, but it seems like they just kind of hover right around that 20-point mark. They may score 17, they may score 23, but it's going to be right around 20. So really, any Bucks game, the, the first team to 20 points is, is going to end up winning. And then defensively, yeah, you're dealing with a lot of injuries, uh, a lot of questions surrounding kind of Todd Bowles running the team a lot of a lot of fans would love to see the Buccaneers go zero and four to finish out the season get Todd Bowles fired have a shot at maybe drafting a franchise quarterback so yeah you're you're 100% right the talent is there and it just seems like they're they're trying to find their new identity under Todd Bowles away from Tom Brady and and figure out who they're going to be moving forward.
0: It's so funny that you say that for a couple of reasons. Number one is I used to have a podcast called the two deep NFL podcast with my pal, Jason Hershorn from the leap. And he's I would love for you to subscribe to. And that was in the Todd Bowles, uh, Arizona days. And he, we, we called Todd Bowles, the patron saint of the two deep NFL podcast because we were obsessed with the way that he called defense. We just thought he Mm -hmm. was such a great defensive coordinator and it, it does not seem to have translated to the modern game, the way that it's played now. I mean, that two deep was probably 10 years ago. Um, And so the game has changed a lot since then. But the other part of this is there are plenty of Packer fans that are going, hey, you know what would be great for this defense, for the Packers to win every game the rest of the way, 35-31, and have Joe Barry fired at the end of the year. They want Joe Barry, they want skins on the wall right now, James. Like they are done with Joe Barry. And for good reason, by the way, Uh, one of the things with this offense though, and, and it sort of fits the way Joe Barry wants to call a defense. He wants to put a lid on everything. You're not going to beat them deep. Now, you can, of course, beat them deep. But the goal <laughs> is to not get beat deep. And the Bucks are 15th in EPA per play. All right. So uh, in the aggregate, they are able to generate decent value offensively. They're 27th in success rate, which means play to play, down to down. They are not doing a good job of just staying in favorable downs and distances. It's explosives. It's Godwin for 25 it's mike evans for 50 it seems like mike evans has one or two plays every game where he's running free down the the wide open down the field and you're sort of like hey um no one's gonna cover (laughs) that guy and and they don't and they and they're able to scheme up some of those things and baker's been been pretty good throwing those those shot plays it's been the run game as you mentioned and they are 30th in in rush success rate and that's just one of those things where like if they can be efficient there um, the Giants weren't, but they hit a couple of explosives and they used the quarterback run game um, really, really well with Tommy DeVito that they were able to just matriculate the ball down the field, create explosives in the run game. And that I think for the Packers, it's like, okay, if you can stop them from creating over the top, can they be committed enough to the run? Can Baker Mayfield stay patient enough? And I I, I just, I don't know the answer to that. Do you think that the Bucs, if they're not able to generate explosives can stay patient enough and can be efficient enough to score, you know, 24 in this one.
1: Well, and and that's kind of been the, the MO of Dave Canales this year is you mentioned the explosives and a, and a lot of explosives have been left on the field. Baker has not done a good job connecting on the deep ball to anyone not named Mike Evans and he had receivers open and just (laughs) hasn't been able to, to hook up with them. And so you'll see the Bucks go on a scoring drive and then it's, three straight three and outs, and then they're going to score again. And then the defense is going to get a turnover, and then the Bucks are going to score again. Then you're going to have three more three and outs. That's just how they've operated all year long. And and with the run game not working so much in the early uh, – up, basically up until the last three weeks, they've adopted what I like to call the Packers model of running through the air, where Rashad yeah. White has been utilized so much in these short one, two yard dump offs, he scored a touchdown on a 31 yard screen pass. Where if he doesn't make that catch, it's a fumble because Baker threw it four yards behind the line of scrimmage and the blockers were there. And Rashad White was able to take off. So I, I you know, I kind of attribute that to the run game, right? Uh, the way the, the Packers did to so much success for so long was, yeah, those are going in Rodgers stat lines because it was a one yard pass, but really it was a run play and, and, you know, Brady did it in new England as well. and, 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 Drew Brees did it with Alvin Kamara with, with the saints. And so that's kind of where they've been able to utilize Rashad white. And now all of a sudden you're seeing Rashad white and chase Edmonds on the field together and they're running the ball. And, Atlanta's a, a fantastic run defense, and the Buccaneers just jammed it down their throats the entire second half. So they're starting to find their run identity. Um, and, and to me, it's not really about the patience. It's Canales is going to do this, whether it works or not. You are, they're <laughs> going to be down 14 points, and they're still going to run the ball, you know, 15 times over the next 20 plays because that's just who he is. Um, but uh, against Green Bay's rushing defense, the opportunities for Rashad White and Chase Edmonds are going to be there. And the way they've been running the ball and the way the offensive line has been working the last, you know, almost month, this could be a really,
0: really big day for the Bucs' run game. Yeah, and I think, you know, for for the Packers, the question is going to be can they counter? What what is the counter? Um, You mentioned the three and out issue. I just looked it up. Um, The Bucs are fifth worst in three and outs per drive. Um, yeah. you know, you and you're talking about teams that are worse. It's like the jets, the Patriots, the Steelers. Um, unfortunately for the Packers, the Steelers and the giants are the two worst, um, teams in three and arts per drive. And yet both of those teams ran for 200 yards on the Packers. Um, the Packers have four games where they have allowed 200 yards or more running the ball on their defense. No other team has more than two. So this is, this is the same run defense problems that got Mike Patton fired. Um, and I think if there is a just and loving God, it will be the same problem that gets Joe Barry fired. I don't, I don't wish for it. I don't wish for it because I, I don't wish for anybody to be fired, but there, there needs to be changes in green Bay. And, and I think, um, you know, it if there's not a wake up call just in general for the players, like it was Monday, you mentioned it. And, and I think that, you know, this will be an interesting test because as you, as you said, and, and as I hit on like. For the passing game, this is the kind of offense that Joe Barry is geared up to stop in terms of creating explosives. Can they be just good enough? Just like, don't be terrible against the run. And I think that this defense can have some success against the Bucs. The problem is they've been terrible against the run, like all season, James. So um, it it is one of those hard things to try and deal with. I want to talk about the keys to victory here, and, and that's one of them for sure. We're going to do that in just a second as we wrap up Locked on Packers, Locked on Buccaneers, a crossover Thursday. Today's crossover Thursday brought to you by our friends at Fandle. The Packers still sitting there three and a half point favorites. I thought that line might move after the debacle on Monday, but I think it it tells you what Fandle thinks about the Buccaneers. And I think it tells you what they think about the Packers and, and who they are on a more consistent basis. But that being said, if you have a lean, you can go play it at FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Packers three and a half point favorites means on the money line, the Buccaneers plus 154. So if you think the Buccaneers are going to win outright, that, those are pretty juicy odds as it is. And then if you hit it, not only do you make the money on your bet, but then you get 150 bucks if your team wins. That's what FanDuel does. Spreads, player props, over-unders. Same game parlays love a same game parlay, James. It's one of the, okay. one of the most fun things, honestly, to do on FanDuel. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get the NFL season playoff push going the right way. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks to everyone who makes locked on Packers and locked on Bucks their first listen every day. We really do appreciate you starting our day. Or your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day. You'll probably find Locked On Bucks and Locked On Packers on there this week. Plus, our national shows is covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. Yeah. Tommy, Tommy Cutlets was on that, that, uh, locked on sports today. This, this week, no, no doubt about it. Patricia's show my show. Oh, not, not the best, but the the agent, like, come on, that that's a character out of, out of the Sopranos. That was, (laughs) that was just tremendous. Love that. I I love that
1: guy so much. Um, yeah, by the way,
0: exactly the way you think he does.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no doubt about it. Um, so yeah, I I've certainly enjoyed watching watching Devito, and I I wish him success. And you know, if the Giants had listened to me—not that they would—but if they did and didn't give Daniel Jones all that money,
0: Devito could be their starter next year. Right? Right yeah, we on the same page there. Yeah, they, we they were. should have franchise tag Daniel Jones and figured something else out with Saquon Barkley because this this way is the darkest timeline for them. Because um, I don't know I don't know what they do at the end of the year. I really don't. Uh, I, I wanna get your your opinion on this. I love asking this question to our our crossover guests and and to uh, you know when we have national guests on or we have guests from the, the uh, cover the opposing team. what has your been your perception of Jordan love from the outside? uh
1: from the outside, it's been uh, a kid who is taking his lumps and learning, but has been improving each and every week. And I was real down on Jordan Love coming into the season. I was down on him in the early part of the season, but the more that I've seen of him, the more I'm like, all right, he's starting to get it and and this could be a guy that ends up being their quarterback for the next 10 or 15 years. Like you see the flashes, now it's about the the growth, the maturity, the um uh, you know, the like I said the learning of the NFL game in the situation that he's in and if he can properly apply those lessons this he's a legit starter and and before too long if if he continues on this upwards trajectory all of a sudden they're they're challenging the
0: lions as the best team in this division Yeah. I think you, I think you, you nailed it. I'm just always curious to see what people are thinking. You know, I'm, I'm kind of in the weeds, so it's hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes when you're just in it. It's sort of like, um, you know, weight loss or something like that, a body transformation or, or even your kid, you don't, you don't notice you. I know you have, um, kids, you don't always see them growing up the same way that like your parents, when they don't see them every day, all of a sudden, even just a week might pass and they'll go, oh my God, they look so different. It's like, well, they look like my kid. Like, that's just sort of how it always is. And so, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to get that Uh, that perspective. Um, I want to ask you the same question about Baker Mayfield because I I felt like he got a raw deal in Cleveland. I I don't think he's a great quarterback by any means, but I think he's certainly a a serviceable quarterback Um, better than than a handful of starters out there to be sure. And I think we're seeing now if he's healthy and the offensive line is playing well and and the guys around him are really good like they are for Tampa Bay, like they they can move the ball. They can create some explosive plays. What is your evaluation on Baker Mayfield? Is there anything he can do over this last month to say, I'm, I'm the guy in Tampa? I, I think he's already kind
1: of, I know those are different questions. So right. I think he's already kind of reached that ceiling, right? Like to, to quote the late Dennis green, he is who we thought he was. yeah And, and by that, I mean, I was, I was a proponent all the way back from the, the moment Tom Brady retired, that Baker Mayfield was the quarterback for this team. He made the most sense to me. And as much as I would have liked Derek Carr, uh, again, Baker made the most sense. And I, I think Baker at his best is every bit as good as Carr at his best. The difference was the floors. And to me, Baker had the lower floor, but you that's what you were going to be able to afford. So Baker Mayfield has has made a case that he should return. As the Buccaneer starting quarterback, and he started off the season like a house on fire. And through the first, what was it? Something like eight or ten weeks, he had more passing touchdowns and fewer interceptions than Jalen Hurts. And mm. it's like, okay, this guy is playing really, really well. Then he hit a string where all of a sudden it was bad interceptions, bad decision making, bad turnovers. He missed a lot of of throws against the Atlanta Falcons. That game could have been thirty-seven to. Twenty, uh if if Baker had hit some of the throws that he missed, so it seems like we've hit kind of a little bit of a lull, and I fully expect Baker to to snap out of it and and go back upwards again. And something that I pointed out, and and I think it it still rings true, is just my opinion that injured ankle that he suffered in Indianapolis was affecting him against the Carolina Panthers. He wasn't getting the same velocity, the same push, and then you had the weather rolled in, so he looked really bad in that game. Didn't look good against the Falcons, but did enough to get the job done. So, you know, long-winded answer is Baker is who he thought he was, and he's going to make some great plays. He's going to make some terrible plays, but at the end of the day, he's a middle-of-the-row quarterback that could get your team to the playoffs and win a playoff game, but isn't the caliber that's going to win you a Super Bowl.
0: Yeah and and the run game is a huge part of it. Um I I just looked at the numbers as we were talking here. Um since week 11, so you mentioned this is about the last month that this has gone on. Um Tampa Bay 7th in EPA per rush and 10th in success rate on the ground. So this is a very very good run game the last few weeks and that that to me is is the key. Um because if they can run the ball effectively, then you're not relying on Baker Mayfield and it makes it easier to um, get those linebackers, those safeties to creep up, and now all of a sudden you've got the shot over the top to Mike Evans. If the Packers can stop the run a little bit, um, somewhat effectively, um, then I think now you're forcing Baker Mayfield into more must-pass situations, more third and eight pluses, and and that's where things tend to get a little bit problematic um, for the Bucks. I will tell you, um, and every dayers of Locked On Packers will know this. One of the examples I constantly use of Joe Barry is his defense is designed to stop Patrick Mahomes. And he struggles against Baker Mayfield's and Tyler Huntley's. And the Baker Mayfield game from 2021, when they just gave free access all day on short throws and and Nick Chubb pounded them because they stayed in that too high look all game. And you're just like, can you please adjust to the team that you are playing? That is not Patrick Mahomes. And they didn't, and they don't. And so... Do they have to adjust in this game? We'll see. This is this is problematic for them because as you mentioned, the run game has become so much more successful for this team, but if the Packers can stop the run and make them closer to the team that they were let's say the middle or first half of the season on the ground. I think to me that is the one thing that that can that can get them the win because I do think this Packers offense is going to find some soft spots in this Buccaneers defense that is not the same by any means, is the one that we saw a couple years ago. That that 2020 Tampa defense was unbelievable. You could so, not run on them at all, which made you one-dimensional, which may, meant death because Todd Bowles was going to blitz you. They were going to play physical on the outside, not give you any space, and that's just not the version of the Bucs that we've seen this season. So that's the key to me. What is the big key to you?
1: Uh, to me, it's going to be, if the Bucs are going to win this game, it's got to be death by a 1,000 paper cuts. You have to dink and dunk all the way up and down the field. Utilize Rashad yep. White in that short passing game. Keep handing him the ball. Keep handing Chase Edmonds the ball. If you're getting one or two yards, that's fine. Stick with it because the same thing is going to happen against the Packers that did against the Falcons. Those one and two yard runs are going to turn into seven, eight, nine yard runs down the stretch. And you control the tempo. You control the clock. You control everything. It has to, everything has to funnel through Rashad White in Lambeau uh, if the Bucks are going to pull off an upset.
0: Yeah, one thing, the Packers, um, historically, at least in the last five years, have had some issues um, with running backs in the passing game. That has not been the case this year. They've actually been pretty good. Um, uh, When teams try to throw the the ball to the running backs, it's been sort of like, oh, the tight end, chip release. It's been those kinds of things. So that could be something that that maybe we see the Bucs go to in this game. Final predictions here, James, as we get set to finish up this crossover Thursday. All logic tells me
1: to pick the Packers. My brain tells me to pick the Packers. Uh, The weather tells me to pick the Packers. So I'm taking the Bucs. (laughs) It's going to be uh, a a late field goal. I said the same thing last week, but a late field goal by Chase McLaughlin is going to get this this
0: thing done for the Bucs. I'm going to take them 23-21. So I, I had a very similar score in mind. I have 24-21 Packers. So if we're really gonna, I, I wouldn't advise betting the Bucs to cover in this case, because I think it's gonna be a three-point game. Um, and I, I certainly I think there is a scenario where where the Packers win by a touchdown. Um, but this Absolutely. is this is a quality, this is a quality Tampa Bay opponent. Um, I, I think to your point earlier, the Packers have to get their head right after Monday night. Now, the question of who's gonna play is a big one. We don't know right now the status of Jaden Reed, of Dontavian Wicks, who's got a high ankle sprain, probably not going to play this week. Christian Watson, probably not going to play this week. Good chance, though, to get Eric Stokes back. Good chance to get Jair Alexander back. Good chance to get Aaron Jones back. To me, Aaron Jones is is the key here because this is a top 10 offense for the Packers, DVOA, EPA per play, whatever stat you want to look at. I like those advanced numbers. And they've done it without a run game. Um, If they can get Aaron Jones back, now they've been running the ball better over the last month or so, top half of the league um, group there with AJ Dillon. With um, they they brought in Kenyon Drake. They got a, a couple of plays to Patrick Taylor last week. Aaron Jones just unlocks this offense in so many different ways. Especially if you're going to play backup linebackers, get him matched up against some of these backup linebackers who have done a pretty a pretty solid job in the absence of Devin White. I think that's a that's a big one here. So yeah, I like I like, like twenty four twenty one, and I like being aligned here on the score. Just maybe flipping the, the final outcome. I think that. It gives me a lot of faith that we see this game pretty similarly. Um, I, it could go either way. And there's a reason it's a three and a half point game. I think the Packers, the better team generally, but weird things are happening in the NFL right now. You know, the the, the Dolphins just blew a game up 14 with three minutes left. So who knows? That's the fun of it. Um, we will be live after the game on Sunday. And both of us will be back tomorrow on Friday to get you ready. Packers, Bucks, and NFC Central throwback. Here, Locked on Packers, Locked on Bucks. All right, thanks to Jane for joining the show. Always great to talk to him. A monster matchup for both of these teams. A lot on the line. There's the history, NFC Central. I understand basically no one involved in any of these matchups has any idea what that's about. Some of them weren't even alive last time. That was a real thing. Eh, Maybe not. What what does the math say? I don't know how long long has the NFC North actually been around. Uh, And that means the stakes are real. The Packers win, they get back to 500 for the first time in what feels like forever. And they're keeping pace. They're in the playoffs at the playoffs started today. So if you win, you stay in. That's how this tends to work. All right, follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Back tomorrow, Trevor Sykema from Pro Football Focus, formerly of Locked On NFL Draft, joins us on the show to talk a little draft, but to talk a little young player, Packer team full of young players, and... Trey happens to be a Tampa Bay fan. Tampa Bay Trey is, in fact, his... I don't know if he actually goes by Trey, but that is his Twitter handle, Tampa Bay Trey, um, because he's a Buccaneers fan. So, uh, a lot for him to provide in terms of analysis in this one. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live... Like we will be Sunday after the game over on our Locked On Packers YouTube page. Go subscribe there so you get all of our updates, all the good stuff, so you can stay Locked On Packers.